This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. The epidemic of opioid addiction sweeping the country has led to another form of drug abuse. Addicts who cannot get the painkillers they crave are instead turning to Imodium and other anti-diarrhea medications. Here with one such story and its hopeful outcome are Gina Marafa. She's a clinical toxicologist with the Upstate New York Poison Center and Kate Rayland, who had become addicted to these substances. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank thank you. you for having us. Gina, let me start with you. Let's begin by explaining what is loperamide, also known as Imodium, and what is it generally used for? Sure. So loperamide, or a common brand name, is Imodium, although it's available in many different over-the-counter preparations. Most commonly is for an anti-diarrheal. Most people have probably taken a loperamide-containing product at some point in their life. Um, again, it's an over-the-counter safe product when used at the doses that are um, prescribed that are um, dictated on the back of the containers and it's most commonly used um, for anti-diarrhea for various different purposes. So basically what do we need to know about it though in terms of its pharmacologic makeup? I mean how does it work because I think most people wouldn't know that it has some opioid quality. Right. It is actually an opioid and if you look at it structurally um, it is an opioid but the the reason that most people don't appreciate that is because when you take it at the doses that are recommended, it only has effects in our gastrointestinal tract. So you don't have the same effects in the brain and in other places for a f several different reasons. The main re one of the main reasons is that most people don't think of it as an opioid is it doesn't get into our brain. So our brain has a protective mechanism, if you will, that it if when loperamide gets there, it essentially kicks it out. So it has the effects on the gastrointestinal tract very similar to other opioids, for example, constipation. That's why it's used as an anti-diarrheal. Um, but it's structurally, it is an opioid. So why do people abuse it? I mean, and how much would you have to take? Give us a sample of what a normal dose would be for, for diarrhea, and then what, how, how much would someone have to take to abuse it, so to speak? And, so, what, and what, what, what's the effect of the abuse? Right, so um, the normal dose, if you take it for its anti-diarrheal effects, depending, if you're, depending on your age, is right. you know, two to four milligrams, sometimes up to eight milligrams a couple of times a day. So small doses. So when you think about it, one or two pills when you buy an over-the-counter preparation, right, that you can repeat depending on your symptoms. But you know, certainly not more than six or eight pills per day. Um, and th those are the, the ther recommended therapeutic dose. Obviously, it changes depending on age and, and size, but that's about the range. Um, what we've been seeing um, on an increasing level, probably since 2011, 2012, is that people are taking exceedingly higher doses. Like what? Like hundreds of tablets of these um, to essentially overcome that, what I mentioned earlier, that protective mechanism of in our brain that kicks it out of our brain to overwhelm that. And then you get the effects of the opioid effects. And what we've seen is that people are abusing this really for two reasons. One is if they're having withdrawal symptoms from, from a narcotic or an opioid, they take loperamide at high doses to help those symptoms. 
And also, they are also taking loperamide as an alternative. So as we know, people abuse and are addicted to hydrocodone and oxycodone and heroin, all of which work the same way. They're all opioids. They're all opioids. They all work the same way. And very high doses of loperamide, people have been abusing that for the same effects as those other opioids that people are, are well known. So to people talk do about. get high using it. Yes. Can get high using it. Yes. And is it I mean when you talk I read somewhere something up to three hundred pills a day, some people there's the dose range of what people are taking is exceeding it's variable from person to person course, because it also depends on tolerance as well. So but it's exceedingly high doses. You know, it could be on upwards of a couple of hundred pills. Um, and and really what we're seeing is there's overdoses um, and what we're now learning about this is that it causes severe heart effects and car cardiac arrest um, and also is, is now being reported as, is a cause of death in many patients. So, wow, very, very concerning. So it's, in that sense, not unlike overdosing on other types of opioids and or heroin. Am I correct? Well, yes. Um, so it... Certainly, opioids and heroin are very dangerous. They usually, when they cause people to get very sick and to die, that's usually they slow their breathing down and then they stop breathing. Um, loperamide is somewhat unique in that it can do that, but the other dangerous thing about loperamide and what we're seeing increasingly commonly is the heart effects. Um, and that's, there's only a few opioids that are directly toxic to the heart and loperamide is one of them wow. so it's a little bit different I mean the end result is sadly the same where people are dying um, but it is a little bit different than when you think about classic heroin overdose but the point is that is there's also the danger I mean another point is that is also a danger of addiction absolutely so that is that that you then begin to crave it let's say for argument's sake you are not addicted to a prior opioid so that you're not using it as you so well described as a bridge mm -hmm. to help you through perhaps a withdrawal. Let's say you just started, you were a teenager mm -hmm. and you just started to try this and use mm -hmm. more and more. Mm -hmm. What would that addiction or that addictive pattern look like? It's the same as any type of opioid addiction or other addiction. So certainly we know people can become addicted, they can become tolerant to this, and Does and that's why and that's exactly right, right? So then they increase their doses for various reasons and then their end result, you know, at some point they wind up in in an emergency department and very well could be having significant cardiac toxicity. And you've seen a very high increase of late in the last just maybe since 2011, I, I, I saw somewhere that there's, or between 2010 and 2011, there was a tenfold increase? Yes. Yes. So we've seen a significant increase both locally at the Upstate New York Poison Center, and we cover 54 counties. So we're seeing that locally, um, and it's also on a national trend increasing. So um, it's probably the last four to five years, and probably even a higher amount in the last, you know, one to two years after that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with clinical toxicologist Gina Marafa and ex-loperamide addict Kate Rayland. And we're talking about the abuse of Imodium. And Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us you had been addicted at one point to Imodium 
correct? Oh, yes. So um, tell us your story. What, what happened? Well, it actually started with a Vicodin addiction that, like a lot of people that are addicted to prescription opioids, uh, started with a legitimate injury um, and continued over time to the point where I became both physically and mentally addicted to the drug. And when the medication ran out, the treatments worked, the pain went away, there was no uh, tapering down from the drug. I was just cut off, so I was left to detox on my own. And I looked on the internet, on the internet like most people that are facing such a problem. Uh, a recent statistic that just came out from UCLA is that 95% of people who are addicted to some substance, whether that be opioids or uh, alcohol, 95% uh, of them avoid treatment. They will do anything it takes to avoid treatment. A treat of, treatment meaning detox. Going to, going to detox, going to rehab, talking, even just talking to their doctor about it. They will not seek any kind of treatment for it. Of those, 75% claim that the reason that they do not seek treatment is shame-based. Oh, they yeah. don't want to be stereotyped. They don't want to be. Uh, they don't want to have to talk about it with their friends and family. Well, it's a tremendous stigma. It's a tremendous addiction. stigma, no and question. that's the main reason it seems that people do not seek treatment. And it was the same with me. I didn't want anybody to have to know about this. I felt it was my problem. I will deal with it. So, like a lot of people, I looked on the internet for answers. And what did you find? There were a there was a lot of discussion about loperamide, and a lot of people were using it to uh, ameliorate the symptoms of withdrawal, so that uh, the physical symptoms, the the pain, the uh, electricity type feeling, the anxiety, the sweats, everything that happens this medication would take it away. You had to take it in higher doses, which is what scared a lot of people. But of course, me being me <laughs> and being an addict, those sorts of things didn't frighten me. So I tried it. It worked. But unfortunately, like a lot of addicts, there is no time to go. There's no good time to go through withdrawal. You know, there, there is no ideal moment when you're like, okay, I'm just going to get really, really sick for a few weeks and then I'll be fine. And the same was with me. I didn't want to get sick, so I kept using it. Did but, it? Let me just interrupt you for certainly. a second. Did it give you a high similar to the Vicodin? In the doses I was taking, no. But so as the you, dose went up, yes, oh. I would feel it. Um, not, I would not put it in the same category as any normal opiate, like a Vicodin or an oxycodone, something like that. It's not the same quality. It's just it's very mild. So was it more like the way, for example, heroin addicts use methadone it as a be. way to kind of just keep you it is commonly peaceful, so to speak? It is commonly referred to as the poor man's methadone. Uh, that is sort of a street name for it because it does help you get through those, those excruciating withdrawals. And some people do stop using it and then they're okay, but the vast majority don't. The vast majority will either go back to their drug of choice or they'll continue using the loperamide. Unfortunately, that happened with me. The dose, it, loperamide, like any other opiate, as Gianna mentioned, is like, um, it has a tolerance. So when the tolerance increases, the dose has to increase, and that's what happened to me. 
I ended up at Upstate's Emergency Department in February of 2012 in cardiac arrest. Oh, boy. Okay. I was defibrillated 28 times wide awake <gasps> and lucid for the experience. Oh, it was, my It was God. very unusual. And, of course, the tox screens that they ran on me came back clean. I was not on any cocaine. I was not on heroin. This was the only drug I was on. And everyone was puzzled. And unfortunately, it was a very excruciating time. I had to be put uh, sedated and intubated for three days to get through the, the crisis part of it. Unfortunately, in terms of in ter the crisis part in terms of your heart? or in, ter in terms of my heart. I died several times that day. It, it was very, very bad. I don't want to run out of time. Help me. So what was the turning point? That and then what? Actually, I relapsed after that, and that was the turning point, because I still thought, as many addicts do, that I had it under control. And I relapsed after that, ended up in Rome Hospital, and sat there in my hospital bed going, what am I doing? In fact, Gina sent me an email saying, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? So, you know, I can attribute a lot of my success afterwards, getting clean and, you know, turning my life around to Gina's efforts to the Upstate Poison Control Center. Again, I don't want to run out of time. What would you like people to know who may be facing something like this? That there is help and there is hope. You need to set yourself up for success. Surround yourself with really good people that uh, they know addiction and they can help you. Um, I go to a 12-step program in addition to everything else that I do. And you need the support, you need the strength, you need the knowledge to be able to get you through it. And Gina, very quickly, what would you like people to know? Um, first thing, that Kate is incredibly brave for sharing her story, so um, we appreciate that. Um, but I think that for parents, for families, look for those clues of packets of over-the-counter products. See if your kids need help. Um, this drug is incredibly dangerous. This is something to be very concerned about, and we need to really think about protecting our families and, and I our think society. That all drugs, including those sold without a prescription, can be dangerous when not used as directed. The and dose equals the poison, right? Very good. Thank yes. you so very much for coming in. Thank you, Kate, for coming in and sharing your story. Thank you for I, having me. I agree. Very brave of you. My guest has been Gina Maratha, clinical toxicologist for the Upstate New York Poison Center, and Kate Rayland, who had been addicted to these substances. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.